This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. And Altuve drives this one into left center field pretty deep. Gordon is going back, and that ball is off the wall. Around third, and scoring easily is Springer. Bregman right behind him. The throw to the plate will be cut off. Bregman scores. It's a two-run double for Altuve, and a 2-0 Astros lead. This is another Astros podcast. That's a check swing. Bloop in a right. That's going to get down for a base hit. Marwin around third and coming home. Here's a throw to the plate by Merrifield. It's up the line. Marwin scores. Down to second goes Marisnik. And the Astros on an excuse me single by Jake Marisnik take a three to nothing lead. I think if I won the lottery, I'd buy a monkey. Of course you would. Pitch on the way. And that's off the plate away. Ball one. I'm surprised. You haven't yet. I mean, I don't really know what's stopping you. The lottery's stopping me. (laughs) What would you name the monkey? Jeff. (laughs) 1-0. That's hit foul over the screen, and it's ball in the strike. Kicks around in the upper deck. Jeff, huh? Can you imagine the fun you could have with a monkey? I I really can't, but apparently you can. Just the entertainment, just watching him. Just watching him eat. One one is low. Good block by Stassi, and it's a two one count. No wonder you always eat with me. I, but apparently, a monkey would would be more entertaining. Way more amusing. You're just loud. You're not funny. <laughs> yeah. Well, now I know why you always follow me in the media dining. <laughs> and Stassi hits it in the air, pretty deep to left. Gordon is going back, still going back, looking up. See you later. Into the Royals bullpen. A three-run home run for Max Stassi. And the Astros go up 7-2. I'll say Max Stassi is a threat. He gets a pitch out over the plate. He knows what to do with it. And that is hit high in the air, deep to left field. And you can kiss that one goodbye. A three-run home run for Alex Bregman. Bregman homering for the second straight day. And the Astros continue to open this one up. It's 10-2. And that's lifted right side. Foul territory. White having trouble seeing it. Now finds it. Makes the catch. And that is the ball game. The Houston Astros win their 10th in a row. They are 9-0 on this road trip. After beating the Royals today, 10-2. And welcome back. Robert Ford and Steve Sparks joined by Astros general manager Jeff Luno before the Astros take on the Royals here in Kansas City. And the Astros looking for their 11th straight win. And you look at this 10-game win streak that the Astros have had, Jeff, and, you know, you and A.J. Hinch and a lot of people around the Astros have been getting questions about when is the offense going to start clicking? And, and boy, have we seen it during this 10-game win streak. Yeah, it really has come together for us. Now, we're not facing quite the same pitching that we had been facing earlier when we were – uh, going up against the Yankees and Cleveland and Red Sox and those sort of teams. But, you know, it's still still tough to beat major league pitching. And these guys, the bats have come up. And it's not only just the guys you expect, like Altuve and Correa. Marwin's gotten hot. Gaddis has gotten hot. Uh, up and down the lineup, Tony Camp, everybody's contributing. And that kind of feels like what we were doing last year when we went, went on a nice streak. 
I guess, Jeff, everybody wants to point out the, the shortcomings. And when you look at your rotation, Dallas Keuchel was lagging behind. A great game yesterday. We saw that old slider we saw in the Cy Young Awards season. Yeah, and I'm so glad because, you know, I've been uh, asked about it all week, and, and my comment was Dallas has been a little bit unlucky, and because he doesn't throw high 90s like the rest of the guys, he really has to rely on touch and feel and getting ground balls hit to uh, to infielders, and we saw that more of that yesterday. And mm. it's no question in my mind Dallas is a huge part of what we're going to accomplish this year. And uh, having him do what he did yesterday, that's, that's what I think we're going to see more of the rest of the year. You know, I know one of the tough parts of your job is – uh, sometimes not having knee-jerk reactions to, to poor results, and even if those results may last for an extended period. And you look at Tony Sipp and what he's been able to do over the last couple of months and really all season, uh, he's really started to look more like the guy that uh, the Astros saw in 2014 and 2015. Lefty's just 3 for 30 off of him, and that just makes this bullpen so much better. No doubt. And when A.J. has the option to bring him in against one lefty and, and not worry about him facing a righty also, his splitter back to more or less what it was like in 2015, the reason we gave him that contract. And, you know, quite frankly, we have a few players on our team that our fans were clamoring to get rid of, uh, Sip, Gaddis, and Marwin Gonzalez, and all three of them gotten hot recently. So uh, sometimes it's a good thing when I stay off Twitter for a week or so. <laughs> Jeff, I wanted to ask you about this Kansas City Royals team. And you, when you took the job... You were very transparent in what you wanted to uh, happen with this Astros organization, and it was be able to sustain some success for, for a long period of time. And what we saw with the Royals is a lot of really good players coming up right around the same time, and that window shut pretty quickly. Uh, you still feel kind of the same way, and you feel like you're, you're in the right process to keep this thing going? I do, and, you know, there's lessons learned when you look at teams like Detroit and San Francisco and, and Kansas City that – had pretty nice windows, but then all of a sudden they're, they're gone. And we're trying to avoid that. I think one of the natural things that we have to our advantage is that our players came up at different times. So you had Springer and Keichel, and then Altuve was already there, and then Correa and Bregman. So we don't have uh, the same issue that the Royals have where all of them are potentially free agents at the same time. Plus, that's why we work so hard to sign Altuve to a long-term extension because we know he's going to be around for a while. And for us, you know, we're keep, keep focused on building the pipeline, continuing to be focused on the future and who our players are going to be in 2020 and 2022 and beyond. And, and so Mike and his group uh, on the draft have done a terrific job. And so, you know, we feel more sense of urgency now than we did uh, a few years ago because we know it's harder now. We have more constraints. We're faced tougher teams. We have harder schedule. We have a lower draft pick uh, position. We have less money to spend internationally. So, We've got to work twice as hard to keep ourselves where we are, which is uh, hard to do, but we're going to give it every effort. Does that also make it a little more difficult on who you might want to re-sign who becomes free agents? It does, because anybody that we're going to re-sign, obviously, is going to require a multi-year commitment yeah. and a big dollar commitment. And for us, we need to look at our resources going forward. And, you know, as Bregman and uh, Correa and everybody get into arbitration, they're going to they're going to need to be paid. And so it's going to be uh, uh, every year we're going to have to reevaluate and sort of look both short-term and long-term. But our expectation is that we're in a window that's going to be open for, you know, multiple years, hopefully five-plus years, and, and we hope to grab a couple world championships side of it robert ford and steve sparks once again joined by astros general manager jeff luno and uh, the draft complete and now the process of signing guys and getting guys uh out to affiliates has begun and uh, always uh good when you get your first round pick 
Seth Beer signed and has already hit a home run in his, uh, for his first uh, professional hit. But you've gotten quite a few of your uh, high-round picks signed early, and, and obviously that's always encouraging so they can get out and play sooner. It is, and Mike Elias and his scouts do a great job of, of making sure they understand the signability of the players. And then also, we didn't have a lot of players playing in the College uh, World Series and the regionals, so we were able to get our guys out. And it was so nice to see Seth Beer go out there and get two hits and a home run and the two-run homer driving in Pena, one of our other picks. Uh, it's nice when you see guys immediately contribute. So I expect this will be a nice draft class for us, despite the fact that we were picking 28th, which obviously uh, – you know, we're hoping to pick there for the next few years at least. One guy who's not signed yet, your second-round pick, Jason Schroeder, high school right-hander out of Washington State. What, what's the status there at this point? We're optimistic, and we wouldn't have selected him if we weren't. But with the high school kids, first of all, there's less urgency to get them out playing because we probably want them to rest and maybe just get a feel for pro ball during the summer. But those are the picks that usually don't get signed until closer to the deadline. So uh, we're gonna we're optimistic we'll get them done. Uh, but it's probably going to be another couple of weeks. Jeff, I would imagine you don't evaluate too much uh, with those players in their first year, year trying to get uh, acclimated to pro baseball, but what do you tell the manager for a Tri-City team who are managing those guys who themselves are competitive and they want to win ball games, but they know that's all about development? They do, and they understand that, that development is our priority, but fortunately for us and our system, we develop and we tend to win as well, and that's what we like because uh, we do want our guys to get a taste for uh, what it's like to win together. And we have a really high winning percentage in the minor, across the minor leagues. Most of our teams are either in first or second. And, you know, with Tri-City in particular, we want everybody just to get a taste of pro ball, to understand the routines, the schedules, all of that. Um, and we, we've had an incredible run in Tri-City if you look at right. all of the uh, championships and, and uh, division titles and all of that. Um, but we've never focused on, on winning. We've always focused on development. It's just worked out. And one guy who's developed pretty well so far in the minor leagues is Miles Straw. and saw him get promoted to AAA Fresno recently. And, man, he was just tearing up the Texas League, 35 stolen bases. And, and a guy that, you know, obviously uh, the, the speed and the steals, that's something that stands out, but, but hitting for a pretty good average as well. He is. You know, when we drafted him, we knew the speed was there and the defense was going to be there, but he's really done a great job of becoming an offensive weapon for us. So, uh, you know, Corpus is one thing. Fresno will be a, a different level. We want to challenge him because I think A.J. and I have both mentioned that, you know, he was in consideration to come up and be on the roster as a pinch runner for the postseason last year. And, you know, now when we think about what he could do for us, it's obviously more than just pinch run. The guy can really defend and he can really go, uh, he, he can make contact too. So, uh, we're going to give him a chance to prove himself a little more, and we'll see what happens as the year goes on. From year to year, we, we see a lot of improvements from some players, but going to prospect status now is Taylor Jones, first baseman, six foot seven. Last year hit 220 and two stops. This year hitting 330 with Corpus Christi with 11 homers, 50 RBIs. And for such a big guy, what has he changed to make him more consistent as a hitter? He's one of the best stories in our minor leagues. I remember during spring training I asked A.J., uh, who his extra players were, and he said, some big right-handed kid, I don't know what, exactly who he is, and that was Taylor Jones. Uh-huh. Um, he's hitting over a 1,000 OPS in the Texas League, and this guy is obviously got the physical uh, abilities, but he's he's done a lot of work with our hitting coaches to make sure that his swing is the right type of swing for his type of game, 
and it's working. And and this, you know, I, I give so much credit to our hitting coaches. They they really are the uh, underappreciated heroes of our organization. So many of the great stories in our organization are due to them spending a lot of time with guys like Max Stassi and Colin Moran and, and now Taylor Jones and, and turning them all into real prospects. Jeff Luno, Astros General Manager, thank you for, for joining us, and happy Father's Day. Thank you. Happy Father's Day to all you guys, and go Mexico. <laughs> all right. The Houston Astros Radio Network. That ball is gone. Steve Sparks, Robert Ford. And you can kiss it goodbye. This is the Houston Astros Radio Network.